Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360, and I'm your host on today's podcast. Now make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you go for your podcasting fix. Now in today's episode, I'm being joined by Melissa Doré, who is the VP of Partnerships and Alliances at Ori Industries. Melissa is here to talk about the world of edge computing and its use cases for businesses today. So Melissa, welcome to the show and thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me along. You're very welcome and looking forward to kind of delving into all things Edge. But before we do, could you maybe just give our listeners a bit of background on yourself and Ori? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm Melissa, the VP of Partnerships and Alliances at Ori. Um, And as part of my role, I get to work with a number of fantastic organizations. uh, And together, we're delivering value to, you know, enterprises across the globe, actually. Um, And so Ori is a distributed cloud um, that runs enterprise IT workloads over any infrastructure. So if you imagine that's from public clouds to edge devices, we're revolutionizing the way that enterprises adopt cloud native technologies. And we do this by focusing on simplicity, economy, reliability, and security. And as part of working with enterprise businesses in the private 5G space, uh, we've recently launched a marketplace for direct access to new commercial opportunities with telcos and ISVs. And that's a big part of the work that I'm leading. And the marketplace sort of reduces time to market and time to value, really, uh, as well as the cost of deploying new applications from cloud to edge for those enterprise customers. So bringing really an end-to-end value chain uh, for enterprises, you know, sort of looking to leverage 5G and, and private network technologies. Excellent stuff. So you are being kept very busy, which is always a very good thing and always nice to kind of hear um, a space that kind of encompasses a lot of areas and covers a lot of ground. So that's great to hear. I want to start the podcast, obviously, long-term listeners of the show know it's always good to kind of set the scene and what we're talking about. Um, We've done a fair few conversations around edge computing and different variations of it, but for new-time listeners or people who are wanting kind of a refresher, could you maybe give us an overview of what edge computing is, how it works, and really, more importantly, maybe the current state of the edge industry? Absolutely. I think it's a term that's sort of, you know, going around a lot at the moment and has been for a couple of years, actually. So uh, I remember the first time I saw sort of edge computing uh, in a world cloud or word cloud rather at Mobile World Congress was sort of uh, probably about four years ago. Um, So I think it's, you know, quite high uh, on people's minds. But I think the best way to kind of just take it back is to use a quote from Gartner, uh, because I think they always kind of just capture the whole breadth of what edge computing kind of is uh, as a term, or at least how it's used today, right? Not necessarily what it means for everybody, but just sort of, you know, how how people typically talk about it and what people would expect. So uh, they define it as a part of a distributed computing topology in which information processing is located close to the edge, where things and people produce or consume that information. So I think it's really quite abstract, right? Because if we think about, you know, the masses of data that we're producing today, the increasing number of connected devices and applications, uh, you know, that we're using, not only, you know, within businesses, but in our personal lives as well, um, it sort of starts to be a really big kind of thing, right? So by saying it's a part of a distributed computing topology, I think what they're really sort of nodding to is edge computing is just a piece of the puzzle. 
Um, when you're sort of using an application, there's all of this amazing invisible infrastructure that you don't think about until it breaks. <laughs> and so edge can be a really important sort of part of that, right? So we see it as an opportunity for increased maybe resiliency, you know, where by having things like low latency, high reliability, uh, you'll see a lot of these sort of terms come up when you're, when you're looking at it as a term, right? But I think what it is, is it's just an opportunity to leverage maybe faster and more secure processing of data alongside, you know, having applications run in a more centralized fashion uh, if they're running in the cloud. I think that's the best definition I've ever heard. That's amazing and spot on it. and <laughs> it's perfect. So it, you're right, there is a, an element to it, though, where it can get a little bit confusing in terms of how you really define it when it comes into these different areas of um, of distribution, especially. So it's interesting when we start talking about how it relates to other areas and, and edge computing is often talked about in relation to cloud computing and fog computing. And then when we start bringing in the term decentralization and everything around that, what are the differences and similarities between them and, and where does decentralization really come into play? Yeah, I think that's a great one, actually. Um, you know, I, I read a funny, uh, I think it was like an article title that was, you know, it, with the rise of edge computing, is edge the new mainframe? <laughs> so, mm. you know, decentralization uh, has always been a part of IT infrastructure. People have, you know, all, well, I say always, you know, uh, since I've been alive, people have always had sort of mainframe, um, you know, compute on site uh, for those more sensitive or, you know, maybe uh, more uh, data sensitive, security sensitive applications, right? If we think about financial services, et cetera, it's been a very challenging move to the cloud. Uh, and then on top of that, there are a lot of regulatory requirements that they have to bear in mind. So I think, you know, decentralization sounds very simple. It's just you take compute and you move it away from a centralized location, but there's so much more that you need to think about. And it's, again, that invisible infrastructure. It's how is data being moved? How are the applications processing that data, doing that? You know, if you could run your business logic anywhere, where would be the strategic place to do that? That's not always the cheapest place. That's not always the most secure place. So although, you know, we would love to be able to leverage something like edge computing on demand, uh, there are a lot of things that you need to have in place in order to do that. And data generation happening at the edge, the data processing then is typically happening in a more centralized location. Uh, you know, it's certainly not always happening on our devices um, because, you know, again, that's very compute intensive. Uh, it also starts to be quite expensive when we think about, you know, backhaul costs for sending that data back and forth. Um, so I think some of the most exciting conversations we've had is maybe some of our ISV partners, you know, although their architecture and their solution could run at the edge, it's then, you know, the complication of can their enterprise customer support that? Do they then need to install a private network, which might be quite costly and quite slow and a, a bit of a barrier to innovation, right? So it almost seems kind of frustrating, I think, <laughs> that you have this barrier to adoption. Um, it's not your business model necessarily as an enterprise to focus on uh, the infrastructure that's running your services and applications, both internally and for your customers. Um, so I think edge computing has kind of presented this fantastic opportunity for, for those pain points to be solved, right, to make things more scalable and more dynamic. And, you know, we think of applications as quite dynamic things, but the infrastructure that's powering it, you know, it's quite slow to roll that out sometimes. So, uh, yeah, decentralization is... I don't know. Again, another term that's very different depending on what your perspective is. You know, if you're kind of approaching it more from an IoT device perspective, you'll see fog computing come up a lot more as a term. Um, and then, of course, cloud computing is not just as simple as my applications running in, you know, one centralized 
uh, data center. You know, there are lots of little things that you have to bear in mind as well uh, of where your application is running. You know, as some of your customers not in Europe, they can't obviously be served by a European uh, data center. So yeah, things are things are increasingly sort of distributed anyway. Um, and then I think the opportunity is about how we can simplify that distributed nature, nature by sort of having maybe a single plane of glass that sits across whether it is cloud, whether it is edge, uh, whether it's everything in between. Definitely. And, and this is why it's so important to kind of define these terms and, and have these kind of conversations kind of going forward. And as you say, it would be very nice to have that kind of plane of glass that just kind of makes life a lot easier. But you're always going to run into these kind of issues when you're kind of implementing these ideas, especially over a large scale. And when we talk about that large scale, we're talking about big enterprises, but even like SME businesses, there's there's different roadblocks that each one's going to face. And I'm going to ask you a question now, which obviously encompasses two different areas of business, but I'm curious as we're having this conversation, what are some of the top large enterprise and SME businesses? What's the use case for edge computing and, and how should each side really go about implementing it? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I guess edge computing is kind of the, the tip of the iceberg, right? Uh, really what organizations want is greater flexibility, greater efficiency. Uh, this you know needs to make sense in terms of economies of scale, etc. You know they're already running applications today, and so I think a big question that we got a lot is you know okay things are running okay ninety nine percent of the time why do we need to sort of change how it is today? And it's more about you know the things around you are moving very very quickly. You know how we um, see SMEs evolving; it's happening very quickly. You know businesses that were launched five years ago have come at such a pace. I guess the you know they become the big challenges. Uh, they're really sort of changing the status quo of how things happen, and so I think that ties into that digital transformation journey, right? That some of the large enterprises are going through, and so I think you know it's not about things run fine today; it's about how could they run. It's this window into how could we do things differently? How could we do things more dynamically? Um, in in a world where that's possible. And so I think some of the biggest use cases that we've seen around edge computing sort of live in verticals like manufacturing, uh, logistics, retail. And, you know, again, these are slightly buzzwordy, but I think um, it's really about large footprints. So if we think of retail sites, you know, that's thousands of customers potentially. Uh, It's thousands of orders. You know, whatever way customers are kind of engaging with retail organizations, there's a lot happening. And there's a lot happening very quickly. You know, buyer trends are moving towards uh, increased sort of consumption, right? And we tend to order things online more. All of these things add some increasing complexity versus the older model of sort of going into a store and buying a product. And then you're competing for people's attention. So what sort of experiences can you provide to your customers when they're in store or when they're online that, you know, really build that kind of buyer or buyer interest in your brand and that sort of loyalty to you. And so, you know, that's specific to retail. But then if we think about manufacturing, it's, you know, We've seen masses and masses of problems with things around, you know, global distribution, demand, supply. And so it's really important to have those razor thin metrics focused on efficiency. You know, you, you can't be sort of losing money uh, around how efficiently your business is operating. And then you have historical sites, you have newer sites, newer services. How do you bring together sort of more legacy services uh, as, a, as a manufacturing organization, perhaps? And then you have these cutting edge innovations that you're having to sort of integrate into your into your workflows, into how your business functions. And so I think, you know, there's a real focus and emphasis on, on simplicity across these use cases. And I think that's something to, 
that's common to all of them, you know, whether it's, uh, again, logistics, um, even healthcare, you know, uh, there are lots of complications around data sovereignty and also high reliability. You know, there are certain sort of verticals, I guess, that you can't have any risk factor or you need to eliminate it as much as possible. And uh, I think edge computing has often come up as, you know, potentially something that could solve this. And it's, it's looking at how we can do that while delivering value and doing it in a scalable manner. Very true. And you're 100% right in terms of, I think I could keep you talking here for half an hour just on these different areas and topics because it touches so many different points and so many different industries. Because as we all know, data is growing exponentially, it's going to keep growing, it's going to keep pushing the boundaries further and further. And that's, that's where this kind of solution comes in and makes it beneficial. So I think those use cases are spot on and something that kind of all industries can relate to as we kind of go forward with this. So There's another element I wanted to kind of bring up while I have you here, because you did a talk and in your closing kind of thoughts at the Ori Industries 2021 Edge Hog Day, which I think is my favorite event title that's ever existed, you noted that Edge is more than just a buzzword. It's fundamentally changing how we interact with infrastructure, which I think is so poignant when we're having this kind of conversation. So can you maybe tell us more about this and where you personally see the future of edge computing heading or where you hope to see it head? Yeah, I, I kind of love saying this because I think, uh, you know, like I brought up that Gartner quote, right? I think everybody's impression of of edge and the edge opportunity is unfortunately what we're sort of reading, right? Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of hands-on work that's happening, but a lot of the time it's, you know, how do you take something that's a pilot or a trial and really turn that into something valuable and uh, and, you know, possible? in a real world scenario. Um, So I think, you know, I've definitely seen that with our partners, for instance, you know, this um, sort of ecosystem of solutions that we're we're working with, you know, whether they're serving verticals like manufacturing, uh, retail, education, et cetera, you know, there are so many opportunities, but it's all about how people consume that infrastructure. Like you could have all of the amazing edge locations in the world, but if it's impossible for people to, consume that infrastructure, deploy to it simply, make it cost efficient, make it scalable, you know, there's no point in having it, right? It's not just about increasingly distributed architectures, it's about something really resilient and flexible uh, and fluid and dynamic that can kind of serve those use cases because, you know, data is moving increasingly and so we need the applications to be able to move with it. And so I think, you know, a big part of what I'm really focused on is how, you know, with our partners within our ecosystem, we can sort of look at how we interact with that infrastructure, even for them, right? So maybe we can streamline how they would work with a partner's sort of IT infrastructure, et cetera. And that's a, a really interesting sort of angle that we've been exploring and, uh, and working with. I think a big focus in the future will be interoperability. So we've seen this in a number of standards groups. Uh, a big area of focus would be, you know, if we have edge sites in one country versus another, what happens if, uh, if a customer sort of moves into another country, right? What's that kind of handshake that takes place? How can we make sure that that's happening very efficiently? They don't lose any quality of service. Uh, they don't sort of, you know, have a blip in their connectivity because you wouldn't want that in a connected uh, sort of vehicle, for instance, right? You can't have all the services kind of go down. Um, and I think the vehicle example is an easy one just because it's that's how data moves, right? We're constantly moving around, devices move around, whether it's a robot in a, in a factory even. So, more increasingly connected people and machines and environments, it's so important that we have a very simple interoperable way to move solutions and applications across those. 
Um, we need to move away from things like vendor lock-in. Uh, we've had a number of conversations with customers who you know, are tied into a Saturn cloud provider. We won't say any names. <laughs> and it's very difficult for them to actually you know, re-architect certain parts of their solution because they're so deeply embedded and specific to that cloud environment. Then when that falls short or there's you know, a, a blip or a fault, uh, it's very difficult to then have that resiliency in place because you have that single point of failure. Um, so I think it's really ex exciting to sort of see, you know, trends around uh, interoperability, that single pane of glass, as we've called out um, in those enterprise environments. 100%. And it's an exciting kind of future. Obviously, we're talking about the future day and where it's kind of growing. And, and there's a lot of different options kind of going forward uh, that we get to see kind of grow and to, to have someone like you on kind of that front line of interest about it is is really exciting to kind of see and I wanted to kind of wrap up the podcast here by just talking a little bit about you mentioned in there where you see it kind of heading but we've mentioned previously what kind of Ori Industries is doing I'm just curious if you could kind of share with us how Ori is helping organizations of kind of all sizes with the edge computing needs do you have kind of a favorite example of uh, this to demonstrates it perfectly Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we're very much an enabler of, you know, enterprises and uh, enabling things like access to private networks, for instance, if, if they're in place or access to edge infrastructure where you wouldn't otherwise have had it. And so I'd love to share the example of 5G Vista, uh, which is a fantastic project that we've worked on with a number of brilliant partners. So 5G Vista kicked off in January 2020, actually. Uh, so mid pandemic. <laughs> uh, and the aim was to sort of test and demonstrate, you know, the consumer benefits, the technical feasibility, and I guess the business cases for using 5G broadcast technology. So that was very focused on delivering an enhanced user experience at a live sporting event. So more of a B2C perspective, actually, whereas, you know, we, we tend to focus more on B2B, but I think this was a great way of kind of illustrating that. And so it's taking in-stadia mobile connectivity, which for fans is notoriously weak. Uh, I've, you know, personally been there at a football match trying to send a photo, and I just couldn't do it for some reason. <laughs> so there are a lot of challenges for large sporting venues uh, with providing enough capacity to kind of deliver enhanced spectator experiences at a reasonable cost, let alone just sort of basic connectivity. So 5G broadcast in this scenario would allow, you know, sort of these experiences uh, to happen at a cost advantage when compared, you know, with more traditional cellular solutions that we see today. And Vista is aiming very much to sort of change how fans experience those live events. So we were leveraging, and we still are, leveraging 5G broadcast technology uh, to kind of deliver an entirely new way of fans to engage with that content. So directly through their mobile device. So it's actually through sort of like a mobile app. And so we're validating one, you know, how this technically works in the stadium environment, uh, but also how consumers respond to it. So just last month, we were working with MK Dons. Uh, we set up four camera positions actually around the stadium. And that was on top of the existing live feed. And so the idea was that you would have all of these different angles and perspectives. And as a fan, you could actually sort of, you know, even from a very high seat where you might not necessarily see everything happening on the pitch, uh, you could actually just kind of like flick through <laughs> these different feeds uh, and sort of get this add on closer to the action. And then on top of that, to complement it, you know, we start thinking about behind the scenes footage, which gives this kind of unique insight into the players. I mean, you know, we've all seen that shot of people walking down the tunnel, right? What if you could kind of almost live that in a more immersive way while you're there at the event? 
And so, you know, we then also had uh, the, I think, world's first live streamed drone race over 5G. Someone's going to be after me if I've said that wrong. Uh, but it was sort of a brilliant you know, sort of thing happening live over the network. And you could actually, through the app, then go through all of the different headsets of the racers. So the drone racers actually wear kind of like a VR headset while they're driving the drone, right? They are the drone. So it's kind of surreal seeing it happening down there. Then you could jump into each one of these headsets and kind of live it immersively uh, and then flip back to the main view. But this is very specific to the stadium environment, right? And so we're very much vertical agnostic. But I think the really exciting thing for our partners, such as Virgin Media O2, uh, the digital TV group, Roden Schwartz, right, with whom we were working on this project, is that this technology can be used wherever fans can't see all the action from a static position. So, you know, Formula One, the car zooms past, then you don't see it again for a few minutes. What are you sort of experiencing in between? Also works for golf, uh, multi-sport events as well, um, keeping sort of fans right where the action's happening. And so you need to have a very robust kind of technical architecture to support this at scale on multiple devices to multiple users. And that's all happening sort of, you know, in the edge location, right? Like in the stadium. So I think that's something really exciting that could apply to a number of different verticals uh, and kind of really just sort of touches on how simple it sounds to kind of deliver this kind of value, but how you know exciting and kind of complex it gets to be when you have to kind of dig into that. And so a big part of our role was actually sort of, you know, being this abstraction layer on top of an encoder that the encoder would run on so that you can kind of take away the complexity of having to integrate with a 5G network and and I guess the sort of time that that would take from a technical integration perspective. Wow. Yeah, that's super exciting to kind of learn about. It's when you kind of talk about those examples, it kind of shows perfectly the possibilities that are there and how it's kind of going to grow and also the complexities that come with that, but they're complexities that are worth kind of overcoming to kind of go to that next step and uh, see that kind of going forward. So Melissa, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. And uh, all I can say is thank you very much for coming on and giving me your examples and just walking us through everything edge computing. It's been really great. No, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, who took the time to listen to this episode. We hope you took a lot away from our discussion. But if you are looking to dig in a little bit further, then I would recommend you head over to the Ori website, which is ori.co. So that's ori.co. And make sure you click on the marketplace. And that gives you a real feel for what Ori offers, especially the use cases and examples that we were just talking about. Now, we'll be back next week, of course, with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, you can stay up to date with the conversation on our socials and Twitter and LinkedIn at Ian360Tech. Subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. And of course, for more great daily content, head on over to Ian360Tech.com. <laughs>